0: to the az wildcats podcast brought to you by DraftKings. great deal going on right now you throw down five dollars on the super bowl and guess what if that team wins and you're a new customer you get 280 dollars in free plays that's simple that easy i'm mike luke joined by john schuster just so everybody out there knows i currently am at the laquita inn in albuquerque new mexico right now right off of the freeway so you know what uh, if you're not in New Mexico and you're wondering where I am, know that I'm in New Mexico tomorrow. I'll be in Fort Collins. So That's in that, Colorado. that is in Colorado. That's <laughs> in very Northern Colorado. All right. Enough about us. Let's get to the, let's get to what uh, happened here. Arizona beats down, uh, ASU again. Now I think the thing that you look at and you think to yourself, all right, well, Mike, you know, the, uh, the score was 12. If you watch this game, it felt like it was about 500 points all the way through. Arizona outclassed them basically from the point of being down 14 to 1. Arizona was uh, Arizona took care of it from there.
1: It was an interesting uh, kind of bookend game in that uh, you know Arizona got down 14-1, 16-3. ASU played with all kinds of emotion and hit a bunch of threes. To Arizona's credit, after the first four minutes of the game, they remained calm recognized there was a lot of basketball still to be played and uh, started to shore up the defense in a way that got them back into the game, gave them the lead at the half, and then they pulled away in dramatic fashion early in the second half. And by the time ASU made the final score look reasonable. It was just uh, reasonable. It was just garbage time. So mm. really it was a 20 or, you know, I think at one point eight, Arizona was up 22 points. And right. that was probably, this one could have been 30 as easy as it ultimately was 12. The Cats looked really good tonight. And and again, one of the many things that I think is interesting, I don't know if this is coincidence or not, Mike. We've talked a little <laughs> bit about this before. Uh, Arizona over the course of the last two or three weeks has averaged closer to 75 points a game than the 90 points a game for which we've become accustomed for most of the year. Coincidentally, Benedict Matherin has a good performance, uh, scores somewhere in the neighborhood of 18 points. That's about 15 points more than he scored the other day. And Arizona puts up 91. So the Cats made a very concerted effort to get Matherin, who's been struggling, involved in this game. And, And it took a little while for that to happen early on. He was continuing to struggle, but I think they made it apparent that they wanted him to gain, to try to gain some confidence and they were going to do uh, whatever was necessary to attempt to make that happen. And obviously as the game progressed and Arizona's wave of offense started to overwhelm the Sun Devils,
0: uh, Matherin was one of many benefactors and you know i'm really glad that arizona went about doing that and we're going to get to your comments we already are we're already pushing about 50 comments right here so we will get to you as uh, quickly as possible because you are smarter than us and you know what you make the show go unlike us so okay one thing though the couple things first and foremost that i I did want to say is that um i do need to apologize to some people here i john was, was that
1: you need to apologize to some people in New Mexico? Did uh, you no, I know. off the state of New Mexico?
0: You've I have already annoyed like the state hours. of New Mexico, but you know what? That doesn't matter to me. I do need to apologize to Mr. Pella Larson. Um, I'll be, on, I'll be honest with you. I kind of thought he was a stiff. He's a lot better than I thought he was. And John Schuster said from day one, because here's the thing that we do here. John Schuster is a harbinger of honesty. I try to be in a harbinger of honesty, but whatever. Sometimes it doesn't work. Schuster said that this guy was going to continue to get better. He's continued to get better. And, shoot, joking aside, he's become an absolute animal for them out there. And this was probably the highlight of his game right now.
1: I think that's fair to say. And it was very nice to see. And as an Arizona fan, you have to be thrilled with what the bench has been doing to help this team along. I think Larson finished with, what, 13 points? And it looked easy. It looked mm-hmm. like he his intelligence... He knew where to be on the right spot of the floor. And again, he is deceptively athletic. Mm-hmm. And I think the thing that where that comes into play, because, you know, you're 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 not the only one who I think felt this. And 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 to defend Larson, there was there were obviously issues with the foot and it took him a little bit of time to get acclimated to. Division one college basketball again while he's trying to get acclimated to the system, while he's trying to get acclimated to a new school, all of those sorts of things. And it looked like it took him a little. The learning curve was a little bit more. But there there was a specific play fairly late in the game, you know, because I think Larson scored most of his points in the first half, and they were very important, by the way, Uh, where his athleticism came into his athleticism and intelligence came into play where he basically baited an ASU player to the rim and then just springboarded, uh, blocked a shot, and Arizona went the other way in transition. And I was like, where did that come from? And, and, and that's kind of – he's he's the last guy on the floor who you look at and say, oh, I'm, I'm picking that guy because of his athleticism. But he
0: finds a way to get to the spot that he wants to right. with eerie regularity. With, well, yeah, and you're wondering exactly how did you get there. Okay, now some questions. All right. Uh, super questions slash comments. Or, you know what, if you want to smack us up the head and say, you know what, you didn't do this right. Feel free as well. Superfly two four seven new user on here. Superfly, welcome to the uh, welcome to the uh, c- welcome to the club here. Terry Ballow and Larson are all becoming very good players. And going into the year, I think there were some questions. And more so than that shoe. Let's be honest. You know, uh, first three, four, five games of the season, there were some questions. Ballow, I think by this time we know exactly what he is. Ballow is good now. We're going to get to it. uh, Superfly247, Um, he says that he's becoming a poor man's Chris Weber out there. I don't go that far, but you know what? I would love to be wrong, and you know what? I'd love for you to slap that in my face. But Ballo is good. We've talked about it before, too. Larson, what Larson is also doing and what's making him, I think, far more dangerous is he's not doing things that he can't do. Early on in the season, you look at him, he's a deceptive athlete. I think you've made that point before. But the one thing that I never feel really good is when he's handling the ball. That, to me, is a little bit – but, you know, he limited – when he's playing well, he limits that to a one-two dribble just to try to get where he can. When he over-dribbles, I think that's when he gets into trouble. Daylon Terry, at this point, is becoming kind of a star in a weird in a weird roundabout way. I know exactly what I'm going to get out of Dalen Terry. It seems game in and game out now. And it's going to be 11 points, 7 rebounds, 5 assists, couple steals, a couple blocks. He is if he's not a star, maybe a little bit of a hyperbole on my part. He's a guy that has become somebody that you know that you can count on a certain amount of production, game in and game out, Shoe.
1: I, I was chatting with somebody else about uh, Terry as well and Were you at said- home? Uh, I, I, yes, as a matter of fact, I was, oh, yes. and this other individual was connected on that front as well. <laughs> Nevertheless, uh, and, and I remember, uh, texting him that I of, I'm not sure out of everybody on this roster that Terry, isn't the guy who's going to make the most right. money in the NBA. Uh, he, I think there are a bunch of. Of teams at the next level, who really like the idea of what he can bring to the equation. Well-rounded, unselfish, and I think it's safe to say he has the best court vision of anybody on this team. And there are a lot of players who pass well on this basketball team, and Terry's the best. Mm-hmm. Terry anticipates where people are going to cut. He's and 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 there, there there was a sequence where he threw a pass to Tabellus that Tabellus couldn't catch. But it was right where it was supposed to be, and that was this is this is becoming fairly common. He is gaining a lot of confidence, and one of the things I wouldn't mind seeing him do. We know at this stage that teams are going to play off of him because they don't trust his three point shooting. That's understandably scouting. If I was scouting Daylon Terry, I'd do exactly the same thing. But what you have to do, I think, to some degree, or what might might be worthy of consideration, is almost force him to defend you. Mm-hmm. So you don't need to settle for the three. You can uh, try to drive, see if you're successful, pass it to somebody else and see if things open up, make them defend you so that they have to get away from somebody else, which is what they're trying to do. They're trying to play five on four with a defensive advantage because they don't think Terry can hit it from the perimeter. So Terry has to force his hand a little bit to try to make some things happen. He's been very effective and was instrumental uh, for Arizona in uh, the fast court uh, in its transition and up tempo game. As for Larson, we already talked about him. I think in, a, in addition to being deceptively athletic or crafty may, may be a better word, he's also really smart. And he understands the game at a level that I think surprises people as well and seems to also, in his own way, kind of be a step or two ahead of everyone else, which is a right. nice which is a nice place to be. Ballo is absolutely a phenomenal addition coming off the bench. But you know and what's... I'm not a- sure. This is one of those things Mike that you've talked about you like the idea of Ballo maybe being able to play 20 or 25 minutes a game. I'm not convinced at this stage he's he has the conditioning to do that. But he okay. can give you he can and it's possible I'm wrong about that too. But he can give you 15 serious minutes. And there's a lot that there there's a lot of confidence that he's gaining game in and game out and it's like if you're the opposition, you're like, oh geez, I'm dealing with the seven-one guy over there who can springboard all over the place and block shots. Tabellas can make a bunch of moves on they the inside kind of when he's it, comfortable. And then there's Ballo who just
0: beasts you around and and and, and it's a great interior combination. You, you know what it is, issue? They just they wear you down. It was it dawned on me a little bit today, and this is kind of a captain obvious statement right here. And uh, again, we're going to get back to all the comments here in just a second. But when you've got a Christian Coloco, when you've got, excuse me, Nujulis Tabellas, who I still don't believe looks right. I know he's putting up numbers. I get that. I still, he's still missing shots before that he really didn't. But again, he's obviously getting, he's obviously getting better. But oh, by the way, I'm bringing in Umar Ballo when you're already kind of tired. And this is the strongest man on the court every time he steps on there. I don't know that, uh, honestly, outside of maybe Kofi Coburn. Um, I don't know that they've played a guy that's as strong as Ballos. So they just kind of wear you down and they come at you in waves too. And you look on the perimeter, you know, you've got, when I'm looking over there and, all right, Justin Kyer's coming in. He was a starter at Georgia last year. Uh, Pella Larson's coming in, starter at Utah last year, averaged nine points, shot 45%. There is – uh There is, there's a lot to like. And all right, real quick, let me get to some stuff. Yes, Ricky Garrett, I was wrong. You know what? I was wrong about Pella, but I'm glad that I'm wrong about Pella. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that kind of being wrong. And hopefully that continues. Yeah, you're the man, Rick. All right, let's see. Barry Scanlon makes an interesting point here that I had on my notes. There really isn't much ego on this team. If any, I get that, you know, there's there's a little too much clapping at the reps. I get that. But when you watch it, though, even when Matherin is, say, struggling and he's the NBA guy, you don't look in the box score and say, man, there's 24 shots here for Matherin. He's trying to get going. It's not a Hassan Adams type thing where I'm trying to prove things to you. I'm just not playing well. Would you agree? Disagree? Where do you fall on that?
1: Yeah, I think that's generally accurate. and There were a couple sequences even tonight where Matherin uh, was more than willing to make the extra pass, mm-hmm. and that's something that I think he bought into fairly early this year, and it has continued. Now there are a fair amount of folks out there who are under, who have understandably been frustrated with Matherin's play the last three or so weeks. Uh, but tonight, especially people watching at home. Uh, but to, yeah. But tonight, he was progressively better as the game went along, and I think that's good news for Arizona. And in addition to the points that he scored, again, he was more than willing to make a pass for someone who he thought had a better shot. And that's, and that's uh, you know, there's a reason that Arizona leads the country in number of assists per baskets made, mm-hmm. uh, and, and unselfishness uh, plays a role. They've bought in to what it is that Lloyd wants to do. And I think one of the things they understand and even Matherin understands is that they know they're going to get their looks in a system like this, right? It's not a, we're going to take 25 seconds off the shot clock and try to work it around for a good shot. Arizona is perfectly comfortable scoring in four seconds. And when they have to go into the half court, that's fine. But they're going to try to beat you with number of possessions and continue to wear you down, uh, not 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 just by virtue of the talent that they have, but the style of play that they implement. And generally speaking, that's been pretty effective. So a guy like Matherin, who might want to score 20 a game, uh, knows that when you have more possessions, your opportunities increase in that regard. Right. So you can... You, you can be unselfish. And and that's something that I think NBA scouts are going to uh to like to see as well. There's a lot to if you're an NBA scout, there's a lot to like about what you're seeing on the Arizona roster. If you're an Arizona Wildcat fan who likes the idea of 2021 and 22, there's a lot to like and continue to like with what you're continuing
0: to seeing with the U of A. Mike Zaniga makes an interesting point here. And by the way, too, uh Kansas just got knocked off, which means that Arizona as long as they just keep running up these wins and avoid these losses, because a lot of teams are falling left and right, right here, Arizona, if they just lose a couple more games right now, you're looking at a lock top two seed and probably a team that's, you know, staring a number one seed in the face. All right. If you were to put together sports betting apps, The DraftKings Sportsbook app, code word PHNX, would absolutely be the number one seed in the tournament. And we're not talking about number one in the East. We're not talking about number one in the West, in the Midwest. We're talking all over. The overall number one seed, the Alabama football of the sports betting app. Code word PHNX, throw down $5 on the game. You get $280 in free plays if your team wins in the Super Bowl. New customers only. Eligibility restrictions do apply. If you got a gambling problem, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. All kinds of good stuff going on right there. Again, Arizona only. All right. Dalen Terry now – or no, excuse me. Let's stick with uh, Mike Zuniga here for a second. I apologize, guys. By the way, broadcasting live on assignment from Albuquerque, New Mexico. John Schuster is home. Um, Mike Zuniga says, It was great to see Tommy Tommy call a timeout and get into the guy's face during the game. I think there's a little bit of a misconception here, at least early on there was. I don't think there is anymore because I think the city is, Let's be honest, I think they've taken Tommy Lloyd pretty well. But I think there's a little bit of a misconception here that if you're not snarling and you're not screaming and, you know, you're you're not doing all that, you're not you're not a guy who can get on his players. I've seen more than enough from Tommy Lloyd so far in the season to indicate to me, John, that he can absolutely get into these guys' face and take him out of the game, winning if he needs to. Yeah, uh, Lloyd gets his message across.
1: And uh, he seems to have an ability to communicate. And if he needs to get pissed off, he'll get pissed off. And fortunately, I think it has worked very well not to – Uh, the detriment of the players who he's upset with but you know I think they understand what it is they're supposed to do and maybe aren't doing uh, in certain situations and and sometimes that's necessary you know you've got got a lot of 20 year olds who can get off the track here a little bit and uh, you know start getting a little bit more thrilled with how everybody says just how awesome they are right Uh, so sometimes it's up to the coach to quell that and i think i think lloyd's done a pretty good job of it tonight was an indication of that there's a chance where this could have been a grinder game uh you know asu came out of the gate really well and one of the things that i think is interesting is that i think arizona recognized that its style works and its defense works so eventually the devils were going to go cold and when they did arizona was going to be able to get back into the game that was the thought process that was the confidence they had but they needed to be able to execute and implement that and You know, once you got to about the 15-minute mark, uh, you know, in the first half, you had a pretty good idea that uh, Arizona was probably going to be in control in this matchup. I thought, um, you know, it it is one of the things you touched on this briefly in terms of that as well. In either the UCLA or the USC game, and now we've had three games in five days, so I'm blending which end of which game it was. Uh, Tabellis and Matherin sat. I think it was a UCLA game. So your two best players were on the bench late in the game against the best team you've played this year. And I think the point of that was, look, we got other guys who can perform as well. And the fact that Arizona got a W out of that, I think maybe went a long way to lighting a fire. But instead of harping on it, let's use Matherin as the example here, and this is just observational. I don't have any inside information on this. Uh, Instead of harping on look, if you aren't in in the game as a team, we're okay. The team rallied around Matherin specifically today to try to get his confidence back. So there wasn't any additional penalty. There wasn't any piling on. There was a change from, you know your role. This is what you have to do now. We think you can do it, and we're going to do what we can to help you along because
0: when you're good, We're good. All right. I want to say a little, I think KB Thiel hits the nail on the head right here. Lloyd gets the best out of his players. He knows how to push each guy. Some guys need to get chewed out. Some guys need to be coached to be their biggest cheerleader. That's coaching. I'm going to give a Bill Parcells story right here. You and I were actually talking about Bill Parcells the other day. For the young bucks out there, like the Kobe Thiels of the world, this is one of the best NFL coaches of all time. Still alive, by the way. And he was asked, and this was in the 80s, when he was coaching the New York Giants, and you know, he was asked, Why are you always getting on in Phil Sims' face? And you basically let Lawrence Taylor do exactly what he wants. Yeah. Now, to the young folks out there, Lawrence Taylor might be the best defensive player the NFL has ever seen. And Bill Parcell said, Different players need different things. He says, I don't care what this guy's doing because I know when he shows up to practice, he's going to be crazy and he's going to do exactly what I want in practice and in the games. Do exactly what you want. Phil Sims was a guy that he had to get in his face. They had to yell back and forth at each other because that's how he motivates. Great coaches get that. It's not a one-size-fits-all. It's not playing favorites. Your job as a coach is to be able to get the most out of your players. And I think Lloyd has really tight-roped that line perfectly so far, Shu. Yeah, I'd
1: agree with what the two of you said there. What else do you have comments-wise, man? It was a big game, and uh, the caps, Cats keep moving along, getting closer to a right. one or two.
0: Okay, the timing of uh, the mistakes are what hurts the most. He's talking about, uh, let's see here. I think he's talking about Kirk Creasa. I heard an interesting comparison for Kirk Creasa today, That and I like comparisons. You don't, but you know what? I'm talking right now, so I'm going to throw that one out there. He's a poor man. I think he's a pretty poor man's Bryce Alford. OK, uh,
1: like I, I I don't dislike that. I guess that's fine. Oh, gotcha. uh, you, hey, it, 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 if you can be just just continue to be tenacious, you know, that teams, you know, by now that teams are going to try to exploit Carissa. Mm-hmm. And so Arizona as a team has to do what it can to try to limit that as best it can. But even when that has happened and it's happened a lot lately, Arizona's ability defensively as a whole is still there. So it helps when you have a front line that's 6'10", 7'1", and 7 foot uh, to make up for some of the deficiencies that you might have on the perimeter. Uh, and while it's frustrating because you'd like every player on the roster to be very good defensively, the reality is that Carissa is not a particularly good defender and needs to try hard and be smart. Uh, but, but, but there are a lot of players out there who can take advantage of him At times, you hope that Arizona as a team defensively can negate that on the offensive end. I think crease is getting a little bit better, not being constantly stupid. Although I say that realizing that he had four or five turnovers tonight. So I know that there are understandable areas of frustration, but at this stage, I think you kind of know what you're going to get. The good news, I guess here is that if it gets real out of control, uh, you can go to Kyer. you can go to Larson. You can try to, you know, it's not like Kreese has to play big minutes either. If he isn't playing particularly well, Lloyd can go to another option. Right. Uh, just as he went with another option with Mather and just as he went with another option when Tabellis was uh, struggling. So, you know, Kreese falls under that category as well. But there's no question that when it comes to late game tenacity and confidence, that he has both of those things, and by the way,
0: that's also nice to have on your roster, Joe Lunardi. Right now, I'm watching it live on uh, Dish TV here. Joe Lunardi has e- Arizona is the number one or as a number one seed right now. They're back that. in the. He's back in the A. He's in. Um, so
1: obviously, there that's something. That was something that you and I talked about, and this is probably more pertinent for later on down the line. But uh, I'll toss it out here right now. You and I were chatting on another platform about uh, you know Gonzaga being top tough to top as far as a number one seed in right. the West, and that maybe as a result they'd, they'd they'd be pushing Arizona out to another region. I'm not necessarily sure that's a stone cold lock at this stage. I think you can make a favorable case or at least a balanced case. Or Gonzaga or Arizona being number one in the West, and it wouldn't necessarily surprise me, especially if you were looking at this from a potential theater matchup standpoint, that the other team was the number two seed in the West. But if I was... If I was Lenardi or another bracket guy, putting a bracket together, Arizona at this stage would be a number one seed.
0: Yeah, and I, I don't think that there's any question about that. Now, at least from my uh, perception, and we'll get to the seedings here in a second. Just one more. DraftKings Sportsbook app, code word PHNX. All right. I'm going to ad lib here a little bit. First of all, $5 on a su- the Super Bowl. New customer only. If you have $280 or if you win, you get $280 in free plays. You've got the the Rams. I like the Rams. John Schuster likes the Rams. I like the Rams to cover. Take it for what it's worth. Mike Luke can be stupid. We all know that. But that's what my uh, prediction is. Again, DraftKings Sportsbook app, code word PHNX. We'll get you all covered right there. All right. CBS also has Arizona right now as a, uh, as a number one seed. I don't know that there's a lot of difference, especially if you can stay out West, if you're the number one seed and Gonzaga is the number two seed or vice. I mean, well, I'd rather be the number one seed out or number two seed out West, honestly, than the number one seed in the East coast, mainly just because I can have Arizona travels. Everybody knows that that's, that's the big reason to me. So if I see if Arizona at the end of the day is a number two seed, And they've got to go, but they're staying out west. Shoot, I'm more than okay with that one. Yeah, now again, it's nice to completely agree because uh, just because
1: of what you said, because and I think the NCAA probably needs to be aware of this as well. If it isn't, I'd be surprised. Arizona is among the best traveling programs from a fan base standpoint, uh, in two time zones Mm -hmm. in the two west, in the uh, in the Pacific and the mountain time zone. So as a result of that they're a team that you give some preferential treatment to from a fan standpoint. So you have to be careful where you're going to play some of these games if they're in another region. Uh, Because, you know, you like the idea of being able to sell tickets and have fans of a certain school on hand there. And I think wildcat fans are well aware of how uh, the university of Arizona descends on Las Vegas during the PAC 12 tournament. Uh, And if Arizona is good, they're going to do the same for NCAA tournament dates as well. So, you know, I think I think Arizona's in really good shape as far as being a team that gets <laughs> seated in the West. Uh, but it's understandable that you look at Gonzaga as well uh, as a team that does a lot of those same things. They have a good right. fan base that travels too, and they have a lofty reputation. If you if so, I can see if the you know it is a it is a delicate question because. If Gonzaga is one at the end of the year and Arizona's two at the end of the year, you might have to move Arizona to another region just to have your, you know, your staggered one it, seed thing. Arizona. But if you could make an argument for Arizona at four or five or Gonzaga at four or five, I could see the NCAA tournament doing a logical thing, uh, the committee doing a logical thing and saying that in some order, Arizona and Gonzaga are one and two in the West.
0: Arizona is also going to have more opportunities for good wins than Gonzaga's are going to have though as well obviously because you could the USC game has been rescheduled you got Oregon coming up you're if you things work out the way you want you got UCLA probably again in the Pac-12 tournament so they're going to have opportunities to be able to get more wins that you know that Gonzaga just quite frankly won't be able to get I think that you know, so I mean, that's certainly that's certainly something that you got to keep uh, you got to keep in mind right here. Um, yeah, I don't but, think
1: it's a home run at all, and I and but and that becomes that's where a bit of the difference because it's 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 understandable to think well Gonzaga is not going to lose for the rest of the year. Arizona could trip up along the way. That absolutely is possible. Um, but your Gonzaga losses are to Alabama and Duke. Your Arizona losses are on the road to UCLA and Tennessee. Right. That's not a whole heck of a lot different. Uh, Arizona's right. in a better conference. Uh, and, you know, has a win against Illinois. Not that, you know, Gonzaga also has a win against UCLA, and Arizona split with UCLA. So, but I think uh, Ricky's asking, is there a possibility, Arizona? Arizona could be a one in another region. Frankly, Gonzaga could be a one in another region. But I think it would not surprise me if the NCAA can justify one of those teams being definitely on the one line and the other team kind of being a little bit more border. Right, I wouldn't be surprised if they come up with a reason like Arizona's strength of schedule, for instance, that Arizona really is a two in the West just to set up the potential. Just of a to set up the potential Gonzaga-Arizona. Exactly, which is right. a great potential matchup and to have two fan bases that travel and being able to reward them ultimately as well.
0: Also, Ricky Garrett made this point and they kept talking about it too during the game. The curtain of distractions had its day. I mean, I'm okay with it, but you know, at the same time, though, it felt like every five seconds they're reverting over to the curtain of distraction in a 25-point. Well, what plus. else you're
1: going to do in a 25-point game? Well, like, yeah, what, what else mean, is
0: Fox going to pay attention to? Pay that, attention that, that, to is, that is that is that is a fair point. That is a fair point right there because <laughs> oh, after man. a while, I'm like, all right, this really isn't making a ton of sense to me. But again. I think if you're uh, all right, Nick Howard, you know what? Nick Howard's the man he's throwing in. And right here, he says, it's lame as hell, Mike. I agree, Nick, you're the, you're beast, dude. That's, that's the way we go around here. All right. right, Overall before Mike, I apologize. It sounded like the atmosphere in that building was pretty damn good. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the way you look at it. And honestly, I don't understand why they don't. And we've talked about this. We don't need to get into this. Why ASU isn't better now, why they're not better traditionally. But uh, the atmosphere sounded like it was pretty good out there. So again, I'm only being able to Jerry or be able to take that from what I'm watching on TV. But be that as it may, it looked like it was a pretty good time. All right, so let's look nationally right here because we're Arizona basketball. We're not ASU football. We don't look local. We look national. When they go low, we go high. So with uh, I've watched a lot of college hoops this year uh-huh. and. I don't know that there's a team that I would favor against Arizona. Now, I think there's three or four teams that I think you're probably even money pickems, but I think we're far enough into the season right now that on a neutral court, I don't know that anybody's being favored over Arizona shoe.
1: Arizona's in the conversation. There are teams that can give. There, there are teams that can clearly give Arizona problems. On the other hand. Arizona has clearly put itself into the conversation as a team that can give everybody else problems too. And if you can move your way through later in the tournament, you're going to face good teams and they're going to be tough games. And sometimes those can go either way. And Arizona's good enough to win them. And the team across from them is good enough to win those games as well. So, you know, I, I, Arizona's put itself in really good shape. It has a lot of good parts. They have explosiveness on the wing. Uh, Terry's gaining confidence and and Matherin can get hot They're They're solid, if not physical in the backcourt, and they're loaded on the front line, Mm -hmm. you know, and they have a style that they understand that puts a lot of pressure on the opposition. And they've learned over the course of the last three or four games how to win ugly, which is something you're going to have to do in the tournament because teams with Good ball handlers and physical ball handlers, and Sean, I actually agree with you. I think it's a really interesting. Yeah, um, that that y- you know, you're you're going that are going to be able to maybe control tempo a little bit. So you're going to have to be good in the half court, and you're going to have to grind somewhere. And Arizona has shown against good teams, uh, especially UCLA and Arizona, USC, the last uh, few days, uh, that they are able to beat quality teams. Uh, with a style that maybe isn't as comfortable as they'd ultimately like, and that's the t- that that's a good potential test come tournament
0: time. All right, let's get into a little bit about the kind of team that worries you from an Arizona fan perspective, but the one thing that I do want to tell you about is Athletic Greens. This is the next partner that's, in, uh, that's endorsing the show, endorsing PHNX. Great stuff going on right here. You get one scoop, and it's essentially got everything you need in there from a health perspective. And it tastes really good on top of that. You know, we've talked about before. Um, you know, as I'm getting up there in age, you know what? I'm looking for something that's gonna keep me keep my energy, keep my metabolism going. And uh Athletic Greens is right there for you. Now, here's the deal. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is go to uh, athleticgreens.com backslash uh, Wildcats and you're good to go. Again, that is athleticgreens.com backslash Wildcats to take ownership over your health and pick the ultimate daily nutritional insurance right there. Okay, Jacob Franklin just hopped in here and he says, uh, he's, I'd appreciate if everybody would. Uh, I'd appreciate if everybody would subscribe to the channel." Jacob, you're a beast. I agree with you. All right, um, Nick says, shoo, you got to make an, You got to make an age joke for Mike right there. No, he doesn't have to right there." Let's talk a little bit about teams though that do uh, the worry sometimes, us. Sometimes they just speak for themselves. They you speak don't have to say I'll oh, well, uh, have athletic greens on the top of my microwave. There's uh, too much health on the top of my refrigerator already. Less less said the better sometimes. All right, let's talk a little bit about teams that do worry us a little bit. I agree with you on that, Houston. Um Mike, all right, by the way, Ricky Garrett, Mike, my back of the A t-shirt shipped today. Yes part of the family out there, Ricky, you are the man. All right. I do agree with that though. Teams that can get physical, teams that have length and depth. Again, I think this uh, uh, KB Thiel's making the point about Kentucky. I think there's a little bit of a uniqueness to it with Houston as well, especially with the tempo they play, but you're going to play tempo with Arizona. You got to be ready for that one. So he says they got a great front court, very good point guard play, good wings, depth, not a team I want to see, might be playing their best ball right now. I, I would agree with that. Kentucky's a team that worries you a little bit. But Kentucky to me is always going to be also a team that could get knocked early just because you're. it feels like you're always trying to find that that balance of, you know, maturity because he throws out five, six, seven freshmen out there in his regular rotation shoe.
1: You know, this is also one of those things that's, you know, obviously speculation, but you might notice a trend here. And the trend here is Kansas is a concern. Well, no bleeping kidding because Kansas is good. (laughs) Kentucky is a concern. Well, no bleeping kidding because Kentucky is good. Well, Houston is a concern because Houston, you know, crashes 38 guys onto the clock. Well, yeah, because Houston's bleeping good. In these other points of conversation, I think the point is that a lot of these other programs are probably saying, boy, if we get Arizona in our bracket, I'm not particularly thrilled with that. So it's a nice place to be in. The good news is, I think, if there's such a thing here, is that there are probably, hopefully, less second-tier teams that make you feel uncomfortable. And upsets are always possible, as we're well aware in the NCAA tournament. But one of the teams that may be in that second tier that
0: perhaps concern would concern me a little bit is Florida state hmm? because Florida state matches. Let me guess, you got a lot of game. long six foot seven, six foot eight, six foot 10, six foot 11 across the board. That's the way it always feels. So yeah, two, seven, two seven
1: plus footers. They're, they're the tallest team in college basketball. I think Arizona second and SE's third.
0: Right. Uh, so,
1: and, and we saw in a game that wasn't pretty against USC, what that can mean. Uh, but, You know, nevertheless, I think, you know, there's a lot to be said about where Arizona is from a positioning standpoint. The fact is that they are a concern just as much as there are other teams that are a, a concern against Arizona. And it means that it's going to be a wide open tournament. And hopefully Arizona's got a deep run in it because it's one of the better teams in the country. And then, you know, we'll see how all the basics happen. Are they better fundamentally? You know, can they execute when necessary? Are they clutch? You know, and that makes that that's one of the things that makes the tournament fun. And uh, hopefully we'll be able to have some good conversations
0: about that uh, about six weeks from now. All right, everybody, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm exhausted. I've been in the car for about 11 hours today. Here's the deal. Go to gophnx.com, Get a membership. And you know what? You get all the best content on here from every team in the state and here at uh, the uh, Wildcats. You get a free back the A t-shirt. These things are going like hotcakes. They're uh, you know, people they're 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 so big right now that people want to even put out fraudulent back the a t-shirts, which will not happen under our watch. But you know what? Again, go phnx, hit subscribe right here. Um, I'm off tomorrow, but I will be back with you guys Wednesday. I'm still working on a live stream podcast idea, and Schuster and I will be uh, with you up in the house on uh, Thursday, um, getting ready for uh, Arizona or not well, not getting right on the road at washington state right yeah well yeah so you know again like i said that's going to be an interesting trip you know what maybe we'll preview that on when maybe we'll preview that on wednesday but for everybody out there can't thank you enough for your time john schuster you're obviously the man appreciate you i'm going to bed (laughs) thanks for listening to the az wildcats podcast